Section 15 from A Journal of the Plague Year. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dennis Sayers. A Journal of the Plague Year by Daniel Defoe. Section 15. During this time, the younger people of the town came frequently pretty near them, and would stand and look at them, and sometimes talk with them at some space between. And, particularly, it was observed that the first Sabbath day the poor people kept retired, worshipped God together, and were heard to sing psalms. These things, and a quiet, inoffensive behaviour, began to get them the good opinion of the country, and people began to pity them, and speak very well of them, the consequence of which was that upon the occasion of a very wet, rainy night, a certain gentleman, who lived in the neighbourhood, sent them a little cart with twelve trusses or bundles of straw, as well for them to lodge upon as to cover and thatch their huts, and to keep them dry. The minister of a parish not far off, not knowing of the other, sent them also about two bushels of wheat and half a bushel of white peas. They were very thankful, to be sure, for this relief, and particularly the straw was a very great comfort to them, for though the ingenious carpenter had made frames for them to lie in like troughs, and filled them with leaves of trees and such things as they could get, and had cut all their tent-cloth out to make them coverlids. Yet they lay damp and hard and unwholesome till this straw came, which was to them like feather-beds, and, as John said, more welcome than feather-beds would have been at another time. This gentleman, and the minister having thus begun, and given an example of charity to these wanderers, others quickly followed, and they received every day some benevolence or other from the people, but chiefly from the gentlemen who dwelt in the country around them. Some sent them chairs, stools, tables, and such household things as they gave notice they wanted. Some sent them blankets, rugs, and coverlids, some earthenware, and some kitchenware for ordering their food. Encouraged by this good usage, their carpenter in a few days built them a large shed or house with rafters, and a roof in form, and an upper floor in which they lodged warm, for the weather began to be damp and cold at the beginning of September. But this house, being well thatched, and the sides and roof made very thick, kept out the cold well enough. He made also an earthen wall at one end with a chimney in it, and another of the company, with a vast deal of trouble and pains, made a funnel to the chimney to carry out the smoke. Here they lived comfortably, though coarsely, till the beginning of September, when they had the bad news to hear whether true or not, 
that the plague, which was very hot at Waltham Abbey on one side, and at Rumford and Brentwood on the other side, was also coming to Epping, to Woodford, and to most of the towns upon the forest, and which, as they said, was brought down among them chiefly by the Higglers, and such people as went to and from London with provisions. If this was true, it was an evident contradiction to that report which was afterwards spread all over England, but which, as I have said, I cannot confirm of my own knowledge, namely, that the market-people carrying provisions to the city never got the infection, or carried it back into the country, both which, I have been assured, has been false. It might be that they were preserved even beyond expectation, though not to a miracle, that abundance went and came, and were not touched, and that was much for the encouragement of the poor people of London, who had been completely miserable if the people that brought provisions to the markets had not been many times wonderfully preserved, or at least more preserved than would be reasonably expected. But now these new inmates began to be disturbed more effectually, for the towns about them were really infected, and they began to be afraid to trust one another so much as to go abroad for such things as they wanted, and this pinched them very hard, for now they had little or nothing but what the charitable gentlemen of the country supplied them with. But for their encouragement it happened that other gentlemen in the country, who had not sent them anything before, began to hear of them, and supply them, and one sent them a large pig, that is to say, a porker, another two sheep, and another sent them a calf. In short, they had meat enough, and sometimes had cheese and milk, and all such things. They were chiefly put to it for bread, for when the gentlemen sent them corn, they had nowhere to bake it or grind it. This made them eat the first two bushels of wheat that was sent them in parched corn, as the Israelites of old did, without grinding or making bread of it. At last they found means to carry their corn to a windmill near Woodford, where they had it ground, and afterwards the biscuit-maker made a hearth so hollow and dry that he could bake biscuit-cakes tolerably well, and thus they came into a condition to live without any assistance or supplies from the towns, and it was well they did, for the country was soon after fully infected, and about one hundred and twenty were said to have died of the distemper in the villages near them, which was a terrible thing to them. Of this they called a new council, and now the towns had no need to be afraid they should settle near them, but on the contrary several families of the poorer sort of the inhabitants quitted their houses and built huts in the forest after the same manner as they had done. But it was observed that several of these poor people that had so removed, had the sickness even in their huts or booths. 
the reason of which was plain, namely, not because they removed into the air, but, first, because they did not remove time enough, that is to say, not till, by openly conversing with the other people, their neighbours, they had the distemper upon them, or, as may be said, among them, and so carried it about them whither they went, or, second, because they were not careful enough, after they were safely removed out of the towns, not to come in again and mingle with the diseased people. But be it which of these it will, when our travellers began to perceive that the plague was not only in the towns, but even in the tents and huts on the forest near them, they began then not only to be afraid, but to think of decamping and removing, for had they stayed, they would have been in manifest danger of their lives. It is not to be wondered that they were greatly afflicted at being obliged to quit the place where they had been so kindly received, and where they had been treated with so much humanity and charity, but necessity and the hazard of life, which they came out so far to preserve, prevailed with them, and they saw no remedy. John, however, thought of a remedy for their present misfortune, namely that he would first acquaint that gentleman who was their principal benefactor with the distress they were in, and to crave his assistance and advice. The good charitable gentleman encouraged them to quit the place, for fear they should be cut off from any retreat at all by the violence of the distemper. But whither should they go, that he found very hard to direct them to. At last John asked of him whether he, being a justice of the peace, would give them certificates of health to other justices whom they might come before, that, so whatever might be their lot, they might not be repulsed, now they had been so long from London. This his worship immediately granted, and gave them proper letters of health, and from thence they were at liberty to travel whither they pleased. Accordingly, they had a full certificate of health, intimating that they had resided in a village in the county of Essex so long, that being examined and scrutinized sufficiently, and having been retired from all conversation for above forty days, without any appearance of sickness, they were therefore certainly concluded to be sound men, and might be safely entertained anywhere, having at last removed, rather for the fear of the plague, which was come into such a town, rather than for having any signal of infection upon them, or upon any belonging to them. With this certificate they removed, though with great reluctance, and John, inclining not to go far from home, they moved towards the marshes on the side of Waltham. But here they found a man who, it seems, kept a weir, or stop, upon the river, made to raise the water for the barges which go up and down the river and he terrified them with dismal stories of the sickness having been spread into all the towns on the river, and near the river, on the side of Middlesex and Hertfordshire, 
that is to say, into Waltham, Waltham Cross, Enfield, and Ware, and all the towns on the road, that they were afraid to go that way, though it seems the man imposed upon them, for that the thing was not really true. However, it terrified them, and they resolved to move across the forest towards Rumford and Brentwood, but they heard that there were numbers of people fled out of London that way, who lay up and down in the forest called Hanelt Forest, reaching near Rumford, and who, having no subsistence or habitation, not only lived oddly, and suffered great extremities in the woods and fields for want of relief, but were said to be made so desperate by those extremities, as they had offered many violences to the county, robbed and plundered and killed cattle, and the like, that others, building huts and hovels by the roadside, begged, and that with an importunity next door to demanding relief, so that the county was very uneasy, and had been obliged to take some of them up. This, in the first place, intimated to them that they would be sure to find the charity and kindness of the county, which they had found here, where they were before, hardened and shut up against them, and that, on the other hand, they would be questioned wherever they came, and would be in danger of violence from others, in like cases as themselves. Upon all these considerations, John, their captain, in all their names, went back to their good friend and benefactor, who had relieved them before, and laying their case truly before him, humbly asked his advice. And he has kindly advised them to take up their old quarters again, or, if not, to remove but a little farther out of the road, and directed them to a proper place for them and as they really wanted some house rather than huts to shelter them at that time of the year, it growing on towards Michaelmas, they found an old decayed house, which had been formerly some cottage or little habitation, but was so out of repair as scarcely habitable, and by the consent of a farmer, to whose farm it belonged, they got leave to make what use of it they could. The ingenious joiner, and all the rest, by his direction, went to work with it, and in a very few days made it capable to shelter them all in case of bad weather, and in which there was an old chimney and old oven, though both lying in ruins. Yet they made them both fit for use, and raising additions, sheds and lean-tos on every side, they soon made the house capable to hold them all. They chiefly wanted boards to make window-shutters, floors, doors, and several other things, but as the gentlemen above favoured them, and the country was by that means made easy with them, and above all, that they were known to be all sound and in good health, everybody helped them with what they could spare. Here they encamped for good, and all, and resolved to remove no more. They saw plainly how terribly alarmed 
that county was everywhere at anybody that came from london and that they should have no admittance anywhere but with the utmost difficulty at least no friendly reception and assistance as they had received here now although they received great assistance and encouragement from the country gentlemen and from the people round about them yet they were put to great straits for the weather grew cold and wet in october and november and they had not been used to so much hardship so that they got colds in their limbs and distempers but never had the infection and thus about december they came home to the city again i give this story thus at large principally to give an account what became of the great numbers of people which immediately appeared in the city as soon as the sickness abated for as i have said great numbers of those that were able and had retreats in the country fled to those retreats so when it was increased to such a frightful extremity as i have related the middling people who had not friends fled to all parts of the country where they could get shelter as well those that had money to relieve themselves as those that had not those that had money always fled farthest because they were able to subsist themselves but those who were empty suffered as i have said great hardships and were often driven by necessity to relieve their wants at the expense of the country by that means the country was made very uneasy at them and sometimes took them though even then they scarce knew what to do with them and were always very backward to punish them but often too they forced them from place to place till they were obliged to come back again to london i have since my knowing this history of john and his brother inquired and found that there were a great many of the poor disconsolate people as above fled into the country every way and some of them got little sheds and barns and outhouses to live in where they could obtain so much kindness of the country and especially where they had any the least satisfactory account to give of themselves and particularly that they were not come out of london too late but others and that in great numbers built themselves little huts and retreats in the fields and woods and lived like hermits in holes and caves or any place they could find and where we may be sure they suffered great extremities such that many of them were obliged to come back again whatever the danger was and so these little huts were often found empty and the country people supposed the inhabitants lay dead in them of the plague and would not go near them for fear no not in a great while nor is it unlikely but that some of the unhappy wanderers might die so all alone even sometimes for want of help as particularly in one tent or hut was found a man dead and on the gate of a field just by was cut with his knife in uneven letters the following words 
by which it may be supposed the other man escaped, or that one dying first, the other buried him as well as he could. Oh, misery, we both shall die. Woe, woe. I have given an account already of what I found to have been the case down the river among the seafaring men, how the ships lay in the offing, as it's called, in rows or lines astern of one another, quite down from the pool as far as I could see. I have been told that they lay in the same manner, quite down the river as low as Gravesend, and some far beyond, even everywhere or in every place where they could ride with safety as to the wind and weather. Nor did I ever hear that the plague reached to any of the people on board these ships, except such as lay up in the pool, or as high as Deptford Reach, although the people went frequently on shore to the country towns and villages and farmers' houses to buy fresh provisions, fowls, pigs, calves, and the like for their supply. Likewise I found that the watermen on the river above the bridge found means to convey themselves away up the river as far as they could go, and that they had, many of them, their whole families in their boats, covered with tilts and bales, as they called them, and furnished with straw within for their lodging and that they lay thus all along by the shore in the marshes, and some of them setting up little tents with their sails, and so lying under them on shore in the day, and going into their boats at night. And in this manner, as I have heard, the river-sides were lined with boats and people as long as they had anything to subsist on, or could get anything of the country and indeed the country people, as well gentlemen as others, on these and all other occasions, were very forward to relieve them, but they were by no means willing to receive them into their towns and houses, and for that we cannot blame them. There was one unhappy citizen, within my knowledge, who had been visited in a dreadful manner, so that his wife and all his children were dead and himself and two servants only left, with an elderly woman, a near relation, who had nursed those that were dead as well as she could. This disconsolate man goes to a village near the town, though not within the bills of mortality, and finding an empty house there, inquires out the owner, and took the house. After a few days he got a cart and loaded it with goods, and carries them down to the house. The people of the village opposed his driving the cart along. But with some arguings and some force, the men that drove the cart along got through the street up to the door of the house. There the constable resisted them again, and would not let them be brought in. The man caused his goods to be unloaden, and laid at the door, and sent the cart away upon which they carried the man before a justice of the peace. That is to say, they commanded him to go, which he did, 
the justice ordered him to cause the cart to fetch away the goods again, which he refused to do, upon which the justice ordered the constable to pursue the carters and fetch them back, and make them reload the goods and carry them away, or to set them in the stocks till they came for further orders, and if they could not find them, nor the man would not consent to take them away, they should cause them to be drawn with hooks from the house-door, and burned in the street. The poor distressed man upon this fetched the goods again, but with grievous cries and lamentations at the hardship of his case. But there was no remedy. Self-preservation obliged the people to those severities which they would not otherwise have been concerned in. Whether this poor man lived or died, I cannot tell, but it was reported that he had the plague upon him at that time, and perhaps the people might report that to justify their usage of him, but it was not unlikely that either he or his goods, or both, were dangerous, when his whole family had been dead of the distempers so little a while before. End of section 15